This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, May 28th. Let's talk about the forecast. Well, yesterday was really windy. Power outages around the state and winds gusting to 40 to 50 miles per hour in western Washington and as high as 70 miles per hour in in the east. Uh, One thing we saw, and I talked about it in my blog, was was the dust storms around the Skagit. There was dust off at some of the recently plowed fields and extensive dust storms, especially around the Tri-Cities and I-90 in eastern Washington. Well, that's all going to back away today. Now, let's talk about today and the weekend. And the Memorial Day forecast actually is quite favorable. Well, today we have a lot of residual clouds over much of the region, but the rain is mainly over. There's a few showers in the convergence zone that's still holding on Skagit County north of Everett, few in the mountains, but that's going to fade out today as an upper level trough that's over us right now moves out and weakens. Now the big action meteorologically will be a ridge of high pressure that builds in over the region over the weekend and holds through Tuesday. So what's going to happen is that there's going to be a dry out, plenty of sun, and the temperatures are going to slowly move up. Now today, with lots of clouds in the morning, uh, I think the temperatures are only going to get up to around 60 to 65 at the most. So you know, low 60s is the best we're going to do. You know, Not the greatest day, but everything changes tomorrow, Saturday. I think there'll be a lots of sun, maybe a little bit of morning clouds, but that'll burn off. There'll be lots of sun on Saturday and temperatures zooming up to the upper 60s to around 70 in western Washington and 80s and 90s in eastern Washington. The ridge revs up, builds in over us on Sunday. Temperatures should hit the mid-70s in western Washington and 90s in eastern Washington. Uh, one thing you'll notice is the wind will shift. It's suddenly today and suddenly yesterday, it's going to switch to northerly as low pressure builds to our south due to something called the thermal trough. The warming causes the air to become less dense, and that'll be predominantly south of us. And that low pressure to the south of us and higher pressure building into the north of us will result in northerly winds, something we often see during fair weather situations. So Saturday's going to be nice, you know, getting up into, into the maybe into lower 70s, even warmer on Sunday. Lots of sun, temperatures jumping up to 75, 76 here in, in western Washington. A little cooler near the water and much warmer in eastern, eastern Washington. And it'll just keep on warming as we get into Monday and Tuesday. I think the high temperatures in the west will be around 80 degrees. So it's going to be the warmest string of weather we've had so far this year and over 100 in some places in eastern Washington. Now, I think the warmth will continue through Wednesday, but then everything changes. A trough of low pressure over the eastern Pacific will move in, and I think temperatures will slide rapidly on Thursday with the chance of showers. So enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. It's going to be perfect, and you have several more days of it, and it's not till midweek or later midweek that things will go downhill. Take care. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week.
Today is the final installment of my review of the history of weather forecasting. And the centerpiece of my discussion will be a review of the development of the key modern forecasting technology, numerical weather prediction. Through 1950, weather prediction was essentially a subjective art. Meteorologists had enough observations over land to describe large-scale weather patterns where there's major fronts or cyclones, for example. We could extrapolate the position of weather systems in time. For For example, if a storm was over Oklahoma yesterday, it might be over Tennessee today and then North Carolina tomorrow. And meteorologists also had some idea of how storms would evolve in time. And that came from the Norwegian cyclone model. But again, that was just a subjective approach. Furthermore, our lack of observations over the oceans means that storms could move from the oceans and make landfall with little warning. And a great example of that was the 1938 hurricane that hit the East Coast with virtually no warning. Weather prediction was marginally useful for a few days, but skill rapidly declined after two or three days. Jokes about weather forecasters abounded. But that was about to change. Around 1900, some meteorologists talked about the potential for numerical weather prediction using the equations that describe the physics of the atmosphere to predict future weather. Now, to illustrate how this is possible, consider conservation of momentum. And you know this from another name, Newton's second law. F equals ma. Force equals mass times acceleration. I'm sure many of you have heard of this. Now, if one has enough observations of the atmosphere, one can describe the mass of the atmosphere, how much atmosphere there is there. If you have observations or radio signs, you can determine that. And if you have observations, you can also determine forces. An example would be the pressure gradient force, the force that drives wind. If pressure is higher one place and lower the other, that will force winds. If you have observations, you can describe pressures, and therefore you can get that pressure gradient force that forces the winds. So if you know from observations all the forces and you know what the mass is of the atmosphere and how it's distributed in space, F equals MA allows you to calculate acceleration. Acceleration is how wind will change in time. If you know what the winds are now and you do from observations, then that tells us the future winds. This is amazing. This equation F equals MA is a time machine if you have observations of what's happening now. And meteorologists have several other equations like it, like the conservation of energy, as an example. Now, to use these equations that describe the atmosphere, we need two things. We need a comprehensive three-dimensional description of the atmosphere, and we need a way to do the calculations the many calculations, fast enough. Now, in 1900, meteorologists had neither. We had very few observations aloft. 
and only slow mechanical calculators were available. So numerical weather prediction was put on the shelf, and an impractical but interesting curiosity, but something that wasn't practical. But 50 years later, by 1950, the impossible became possible. During the 1920s and 1930s, balloon-launched weather-observing platforms called radiosons were developed and spread around the world. I talked about that last time. Now, World War II resulted in a huge expansion of this radioson network, this upper-air network. And so, by 1950, meteorologists, for the first time, could create a reasonable but imperfect three-dimensional description of the atmosphere above the surface. So we had the first thing needed for numerical weather prediction. And the second requirement, a way to do the calculations quickly, became available in the 1940s with the development of the first programmable digital computers. And these were developed to do ballistic calculations for munitions and to unravel enemy coded messages. In 1950, one of the first digital computers called the ENIAC was programmed by scientists at Princeton's Institute for Advanced Studies. It was programmed to predict the weather. And it was a stunning success. The system was immediately more skillful than any subjective human forecast. Now, during the next few decades, computers rapidly increased in speed and capability, allowing weather prediction models to increase resolution and to increase the complexity of the physical equations used to simulate the future atmosphere. This was all good. But there was another revolution that would soon supercharge numerical weather prediction, the observing revolution. Now, as all of you know, over 70% of the Earth is covered by oceans. And in the 1950s, there were few observations there, perhaps a few island radio stations at best. Even the best numerical weather prediction system fails if it doesn't have information over vast areas of the globe. And that was the situation we were in. But everything changed in 1960 with the launch of the first weather satellite, Tyros-1. Now, subsequent generations of satellites rapidly were developed, and it developed into a global observational system with the ability to sense atmospheric temperature, moisture, and winds at multiple levels, as well as providing the distribution of clouds you might see on the web or your TV weather uh, broadcast. Satellite information became capable of providing a detailed three-dimensional description of the atmosphere in real time globally. And this information supercharged numerical weather prediction, resulting in rapidly improving forecast skill around the planet. Today, 99% of the weather data going to numerical weather prediction is from weather satellites. To put it another way, a weather observing revolution based on weather satellites has driven a numerical weather prediction revolution. Today, numerical weather prediction 
is driven by satellite data, which is the center, the center observing system for numerical weather prediction into the future. Forecast skill has increased rapidly because of improving computers, improving models, and improving satellite data. And our ability to forecast weather now extends out over a week. In many ways, numerical weather prediction and the observations behind it is the most complex technology achieved by our species and perhaps one of the most useful. And I'm happy to tell you that major advances still lay ahead. I hope you enjoyed this historical review. And in a future podcast, I will talk about the future of numerical weather prediction during the 21st century. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.